Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Story Slam podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories recorded at our live events in Bristol, UK. All the stories you're going to hear are true and come straight from our audience. We release episodes every Thursday where you'll get to hear the next part of our recorded show. If you have a story that you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear it. So please stay tuned till the end for more information on how you can do that. Make sure that you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast. And other than that, enjoy the show. Hey there, it's great to have you with us again. Welcome back to the Story Slam podcast. This week, episode number 36, and it's part one of Trust. Now, I'm sure you might remember, I asked any of you that haven't been to the Slam before to send us an email letting us know where you're listening from, how you heard about the podcast, that kind of thing. And we've actually had our first submission. So thanks very much to Nicole. So I'm going to read it out for you. She said, heard you guys ask for a shout out from people not in Bristol. Well, you have a listener on the east coast of the USA. Greetings from New Jersey. I found your podcast by way of the moth and other storytelling podcasts here in the States. I can't get enough of Story Slam Bristol. The setup for the show with the one-line stories is great. Keeps the energy going every show. The only thing I'd change is not getting enough episodes. Love you guys. Keep up the awesome storytelling. Thanks very much, Nicole. It meant a lot to get that message from you. Um, I'm sure if any of you have listened to the episode where I chat to James and Dig about the starting of the Story Slam, Dig was very much influenced by the moth. So it's really cool that you managed to find us through those. In regards to not getting enough episodes, uh, there's not much I can do about that, unfortunately. We'd love to be able to put more out for you guys, but we only have the one show every month for now. We'll see what happens in the future. But yeah. Um, again, if anyone else is listening, feel free to send us a message. We'll read it out, and it's always great to hear from you. But for now, let's get on with the show. Yay! Hello, everyone. Hey! Welcome to Story Slam. What are you all doing here? It's lovely outside. I don't know why we're coming here for. It's actually, it's actually surprisingly cool, isn't it? We managed to work out how the air conditioning works, finally. So all this, we've been here, what, like a year and a half now, and we've been like sweltering hot every time, but now we've worked it out. So it's quite nice and cool. But thank you all so much for coming on such a lovely day. Um, it's so nice to see so many of you. Um, so this is Story Slam. Let's start from the beginning. So for those of you who have been before, thanks for coming back. It's lovely to see you. Those who haven't been before, welcome. We hope you guys enjoy yourself. This is a, an event where you get to hear people's true stories told live on stage. So all the stories you're going to hear this afternoon are going to come from the audience, so you guys. Um, and there are two different types of story that we might hear. So you can hear full five-minute stories, um, and that is one of you to come up and tell a full five-minute story in front of the audience. They love it, and it's all great. Um, or one-line story. So these are anonymous stories um, that you have as slips all on your seats, and they are read out anonymously throughout the show. And each month we have a theme. So this month's theme is trust. So it's actually an incredibly broad theme because so much in our lives is based around trust. So much of the things we do, so many of the interactions we have with people, who to trust, who not to trust, is like a real basic thing in working out how to live a life. Um, trusting yourself or trusting other people or someone earning or losing your trust. All those kind of things. Um, being hurt or realizing someone's more trustworthy than you thought. All those kind of things um, we'd love to hear uh, in your stories. So, really looking forward to hearing them. So the one-line stories are these slips here, and they always have a prompt on them. And the prompt today is, in one or two sentences, tell us a true story about trust. So here's an example of one. Trust is expecting your friend not to read your erotic fiction to the class. <laughs> Teacher included. 
starting off early with the erotic fiction. <laughs> and that's good, you know, not, good, not enough good erotica. So we always need more. Um, so that's an example of a one-line story. Um, and we also have a, our um, full five-minute stories as well. So for the full five-minute stories, there are a few rules. Um, that is just so that we can hear as many stories as possible here this afternoon. Um, the first rule is they have to be true. We want to hear actual true stories from your lives. We often don't really get a chance to hear people's stories. A lot of the time, we, 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 hear, like, um, we hear like people telling jokes, anecdotes at work, that kind of thing. But often, the times you hear stories are when you're like coming back from a night out drinking, and you're walking along, buying a kebab, and someone like, tells you a big thing from their life. That's the kind of thing we want. We want it to come straight out of your brain, out of your mouth, and to, and to the audience. We don't want it doesn't have to be rehearsed, although it can be. We want to hear, like you're around a campfire, or like you're at a, a sleepover. Um, those kind of stories. So in that vein, they also have to star you. They ha you have to be one of the main characters in your story, and preferably you know, from your perspective. Not like my friend's friend, or my friend's friend's dog or something. And those stories are great, but we want to hear actually about you, um, but we want to hear about the people actually in the room. Um, preferably done without any notes or without any props. So again, that kind of same vein. It doesn't have to be polished, it doesn't have to be great. Um, it just has to... Just so, so often it just, just comes out of your brain and it's like that authentic storytelling is just what we love. Um, if you, of course, like, you can all sit on the chair and that kind of thing, that's allowed. Like, a precedent was sat, set last time, so I think sitting on the chair is fine. Um, but apart from that, um, no notes. Um, there's more. <laughs> this happens every time. Oh, yeah, okay. Sorry? Yeah, no props, apart from the chair which you can use if you want. Um, there are other things. Timings. Oh, timings, that's a really important thing. Um, so you get five minutes to tell your story. Um, it's not because we don't like longer form stories, we really do, but we want to get as many stories going as possible. Um, so after you have five minutes, and after you have those five minutes, you'll hear a musical notation, which will be something like... <laughs> I can't play the harmonica. <laughs> Um, then you have a minute's grace period where you can wrap up your story. If you then do get to six minutes, you'll hear another musical, musical notation. <laughs> and that means we really enjoyed your story, but we really need to wrap it up in like the next minute or so. Um, I think that's it for like the basic rules. We also have a very lovely photographer here today, Elsa Finner on photographer, photography. Woo! Um, Elsa will be taking pictures of storytellers and also um, potentially of the audience. If you do not want yourself to be photographed, you can make a little note on the name ticket. Um, and also, if you feel that you don't want uh, your face included in any of the audience shots, you can come let one of us know, and that's completely fine. Um, also, we have a podcast. Ooh. So if you ever do miss, you can always hear uh, some, some of the stories on our podcast. Um, if you do not want to be included, you can also... Um, no, you know, if you do want to be included, you can also note that down on the name tickets. Um, you're not included automatically. Um, you, it's an opt-in system. So you don't have to worry about your intimate, vulnerable story going on the internet unless you want it to. Um, and also, we've got a new announcement to make, which you may have noticed. We have these things, our new Story Slam Save Spaces policy. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So it could, in, a, in a theme of trust, we have been working really hard. A lot of organizers and volunteers here at Story Slam work really hard to um, bring you a Save Spaces policy. Um, and essentially what this is, 
is we have a space here at Storytime where we hear a lot of amazing stories and people make themselves very vulnerable and people tell us a lot of very intimate things. And the world's not always a very nice place and we want to make Story Slam a bit nicer than the world around it. Um, so what the Safe Space Policy does is it outlines some of the behaviours um, in the room or here at Story Slam that we think are inappropriate and we don't think should, are, are, like, are not welcomed and not with our ethos. Um, and also uh, details what you can do if you feel that you are a victim of any of those things. Um, whether you feel like you've, um, whether you have experienced any, any of the things that are on the list on the space, 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 space policy. Also, we hear a hilarious story, story slam. We hear a lot of funny, heartwarming stories, but we don't, they're not all fun and they're not all happy because life isn't always like that. Um, so there is distressing content and there is distressing, um, and there is distressing stories. And a lot of, a lot of story shows we hear up on stage are survivors of abuse or have been through abusive relationships. So also one thing that we have noted in this policy is if you feel, if you have been in an abusive relationship or, or is there someone who is coming to Story Slam who has been abusive towards you or um, you've been in an abusive relationship with and you don't want them to come, uh, we are happy to ask that person not to attend. And there is a process by which we have now set out to do that. Um, if you want more information, please go to the URL on the document and also post about it on the event and there's more stuff you can read about. You also come talk to me um, afterwards if you want more information. So yeah, we're just trying to make Story Slam a better, happier, and safer place for everybody. So that's our document, yeah. Um, one final thing before we get going, because I'm, I've talked for long enough, is we have content warnings. This is something we have every week. Um, if you feel that your story might contain something distressing, like self-injurious behavior, or like abuse, or blood, blaze, that kind of thing, you can make a note of that on the back of the, one line uh, back of the name tickets. And if you do, I'll read them out before the, show, before the story begins. And I'll give people a chance to, if they don't want to hear that kind of content, um, to leave the room, or to go out and get some air, or go to the bathroom, or whatever. So yeah, I think that's it. I think I'm going to stop talking soon. Uh, I think we should have our first storyteller. Is that a good idea? Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. So, drum roll, please. First show is going to be Jason. Woo! Right, Jason, stay where you are. Um, so, what we do is we read out a name, give Jason or the person a chance just to compose themselves, and I'm going to read a few double online stories, and then we'll invite Jason up on stage. Okay? Right. So, while waiting for Jason. Let's have one of these. My friend had sex with her ex in my bed whilst I was out on Friday night and trying to keep it a secret despite leaving a condom wrapper on the floor. <laughs> I told her I wasn't, wasn't pissed at her for having sex in my bed, but pissed at her for having sex with her trash ex-boyfriend in my bed. <laughs> She's far too good for him. She's damn right. <laughs> <laughs> Put him out. Not good enough for you. Right, one more, they'll have um, Jason up on stage. Last month, I orgasmed... Wait, what? <laughs> That's not the right word. <laughs> Our last slam was very raunchy, for those of you who are here. So I think my brains are still there. <laughs> I organised. <laughs> I organised an event in a bar. At the end of it, the owner of the place said to me, I like your vibe and ethics. Next time you do this again, I'll just give you the keys to the bar and you can use it as you want. Oh, that's just super nice. What a, what a nice guy. I feel, I feel that one thing I kind of wanted to say is that I feel that people are 
usually very trusting and, and very trustworthy. Like, I think I always try and start from a baseline of like trusting people, because um, I think vast majority of the time, people are just lovely. Like, vast majority of people in my everyday life are just so nice. And I'm like, yeah, you can do the thing, it's fine. And that's nice. Um, take as much booze as you can uh, and just rinse the place. <laughs> right. Um, a big round of applause, please. It's also very hard being the first storyteller, so a big round of applause, please, for Jason. Hello. So, as it's Father's Day, I thought it would be a good time to tell this story. So, I had a bit of a strange upbringing. I lived here in a house with my mum, and directly across the road in a house lived my dad. That's great, eh? <laughs> really convenient. But I never saw my dad. He would never come and see me. But, you know, that didn't bother me, because that's all I knew. I didn't know any different. Till one day, at school, I saw a kid being picked up at the playground by his dad. And this confused me. I ran home, I said, Mom, Mom, doesn't every kid have a dad across the road that doesn't want to see them? But my mom, she never really knew what to say about it. So, I'll, I'll explain. I'm the product of a one-night stand between neighbours. <laughs> so, you know the, the awkward feeling after a one-night stand? Imagine that every day for 26 years and you get me. <laughs> but as time went on, I took the initiative and I would go and see my dad twice a year. On my birthday, on Christmas, I would knock on the door, he'd climb out of bed, hand me a card with some money in it. And the card said, to Jason, from Mike. So I would go and see him on his birthday. I'd give him a card. One year, I drew a picture of him on the front. I wrote, happy birthday, Dad. He looked at the card, and he said, you don't have to call me that. So you know, I guess he's just not up to the job. It's nothing to do with me. It's what I thought. But one day at school, I got talking to a kid, and his mom was in a relationship with my dad. So I asked the kid, I was like, do you ever see him? Do you know what he's like? He said, oh, Mike, yeah, he's great. Ever since my dad left, he's been like a father to me. I went home, I got a little bit upset. But what's the point of this story? So, when you have a dad who doesn't want to be your dad, and you have a mum who's working three jobs to raise you and your brother on her own, it leaves you without very much guidance in life. So I got all of my guidance from books. I'd read fiction, then I moved on to personal development, I take like a sponge to every self-help strategy there is, because every book is my new dad, like guiding me through the world. And this led me to write a book myself. And I wrote a novel, I self-published it, it's called War Drum. And I've dedicated my life to trying to become a number one best-selling author, so I can inspire millions of kids who don't have any guidance at all. But saying that, how did I end up working in an office writing manuals for bridge management software? 
It's not that exciting. You know, I, for six months, I sat in this office writing about bridges. All I really wanted to do was write my next book. You know, I kept on listening to the guidance of my superiors, you know, the well-worn path, like, get a job, get a wife, get a mortgage, have the kids, be realistic, being an author is just a dream. But the only way to achieve your dreams is to go after them, and the only way to go after them is to trust in your vision. So one month ago, I quit my office job. And in one week, I moved to another country to be a cleaner in a hostel. And when I'm not cleaning, I'm going to be writing my books and doing everything I can to achieve my dream. And I'm going to do it all without a dad, without the guidance, all just by trusting in myself. Because guidance can only get you so far. When it comes down to it, you've just got to trust in yourself. Thank you. Fantastic. Round of applause, Jason. Woo! And massive props for writing a book as well. Like, books are famously these labours of love, so yeah, well done for like, writing a book. And yeah, I guess I forgot to mention that, yeah, it's Father's Day today. And I don't really mention that. I guess it's not very, it's not very front of my mind because I feel like in a sort of similar position that I don't see my father, I don't have any interaction with him anymore. Um, but there are lots of amazing fathers out there. And there's probably amazing fathers in this room and you're all doing fantastically. So happy Father's Day and happy Mother's Day and happy being a child day. <laughs> But fathers aren't always great. Fathers can not want to be involved or are really bad at it. Um, but you can do worse than I think. I think you've done a pretty good job, Jason, with uh, learning everything from books. I think there's much worse ways of going about it. <laughs> I think books are a great way of doing it. And so oftentimes, um, it's all your, your like mentors or, fa or father figures aren't necessarily related to you. Like some of the people who I've been who, most close to and who have given me a lot of guidance are like teachers. Like, I'm, I study martial arts, so like my, my like tutors and senseis and that, I can't like totally fulfill that role. So yeah, thank you for your story, Jason. I really liked it. Right, let's have a one-line story. My friend trusted me with a plant. <laughs> I killed it in a car accident. <laughs> I can, oh. I'm just imagining, like, after you, you check, everyone right, everyone's fine, like, everyone checks themselves, yeah, and then you see this, like, little fern, like, just split in half. <laughs> it's like, oh no. I once trusted the love of my life, who, by the way, did not love me, to tell anyone my first sexual encounter was with a prostitute. She told everyone. Oh, people are such dicks sometimes. Um, Hmm. It is like it's obviously really it's obviously super important to trust people, um, but when you enter into, enter, enter into relationships, you kind of make yourself vulnerable. You kind of make yourself vulnerable to that kind of thing, where you sort of put trust in somebody, and they are able to portray it in that kind of way. I'm really sorry they did that. It sounds like a really crap thing to do, but I think trusting people is good. But I guess it's hard, hard sometimes to know who to trust. It's hard. Right. Let's have another story. Drum roll, please. <laughs> the story is going to be. Aaron, woo! Right. 
right, while waiting, while waiting for Aaron. Oh, guys, run out of online stories already. Um, you must put some more in, like, because I'm, I've got no talent at all. <laughs> so I, these are my crutch. Like, I need these. <laughs> and they're always fantastic. Um, you're always more, everyone's more welcome, by the way, during the interval to, like, put things in. And also, during the show as well, to do for free. Right. This is in quotes. Well, would you jump off a cliff just because everyone else was doing it? My teacher asked. Based on past experience, yes, I responded, remembering a summer of peer pressure and cliff diving. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. I have, to I have tombstone. Normally, though, I'm I wait for someone else to tombstone, and if they don't die, then I'll do it. Like, you can risk your life, and then I'll go in the same spot. But cliff diving is awesome fun. And just during the summer, go out and do some wild swimming, because wild swimming is also fucking great. Like, swimming in like, lakes, but also, I'll be, be careful, obviously. But like, lakes and rivers and stuff, it's fantastic. Um, I was in like a festival recently up in Scotland, and one of the, like, the best bit about it was there was just a river running through the festival, and you just jump into it whenever it got too hot. Um, quickly, before we have Aaron on stage, I've got to say, um, with our uh, safe space policy, um, it's not perfect, and we're not perfect either, um, so we're always looking for feedback on how we can best improve it and how we can be a better little community in general, really. Um, so if anyone does have any questions or does have any suggestions, uh, please just come and talk to some of us afterwards. Um, or give us an email or message on Facebook, all those kind of things are totally fine. So without much further ado, let's have on stage a round of applause, please, for Aaron. Oh God, I'm so hungover, why did I do that? <laughs> that was a terrible idea. Hello, um, I think this story might run long, so I'm just gonna jump into the middle of it and it's about trust. The, the, the here, the why, and the whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, so, um, was in Vietnam, needed to get a bus, really important bus, did not make said bus, Guy who rents motorcycle thingy scooter things that all the tourists get hurt on was like, I can get you there, dude. You want me to do it? And I was like, okay, fuck it, yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, um, like the shit they rent you, it's like 50 cc's, it's like <laughs> They're not all like that. You can put a Harley engine in a scooter, you can't tell, but fuck, it makes a difference. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, so I was with my girlfriend at the time and uh, who I'm still with. Um, and we, uh, we were just like, fuck it, we gotta get back to Saigon, let's do this. And he's like, okay, um, one second, phone call. Da -da 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 -da, Vietnamese, really fast, and out of nowhere, a brother appears. And I'm like, well, what, what's up with that? And he's like, no, no, separate bike, separate bike. I'm like, why? He's like, too slow. <laughs> okay. Get on the bike, and he's like, one thing, eh, hold on really tight. And I was like, okay. And that was like the last cogent thought I had. Because after that, it was just blurring oxen, chicken, peasants, holy fuck. Helmet, helmet contact, we're slowing down, cool. Going into a roundabout at about 45 miles an hour. Holy shit, I did not know you could exit a roundabout that fast. Oh my God, six lanes of traffic. Approximately a meter apart, bumper to bumper. When you merge, you tend to do like the parallel thing. He was going in at 90 degrees. My mistake was thinking that he wanted to merge into lane one of six. It turns out in Vietnam, you merge into lane six of six. And uh, yeah, if anybody's seen that, that Bourne movie that happens in the Philippines with the, you know, like the end scene where he's like banging on buses and stuff, tame compared to this. 
like everything's going about 50, he's going about 80, and then he does the unthinkable, and we're like in, out, in, out, lane one, lane six, lane five, whatever, I don't even know where I am anymore, okay, Jesus Christ, and he's like banging on the side of, you know, trucks to let him know he's there, and I'm just like, dude, I trust you so much right now, holy shit, like, wow. And um, then he does the unthinkable. He pulls out a phone. And he's got one hand on the gas, working the brakes and the horn, and I'm just like, fuck, man, wow. There's no hands on that bike. You're still on the phone, you know. And he's just like going really fast on the phone. Vietnamese really fast, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I just wanted to get a bus. What the fuck? And then like, you can feel him. He tenses up and he sees his prey. And he had a big blue bus, and he just goes through it. He's forcing like construction vehicles, little rickshaws, like everything just out of the road. And he comes up on this bus, so hot, and he's just like, yeah, pulls in front of the bus, and then like hits the fucking brakes and forces the bus off the road. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Also, where is my girlfriend? I really feel like I should have had that on my mind more than I have. Um, I'm a bad person. I'm a bad person. Also, what the fuck is going on? And like, he calmly is like talking to the bus driver and the bus driver is like going, no, no. And he's going, yeah, yeah. And the bus driver's like, all right. And he comes over to me, he's gonna be like, I'm gonna need five extra quid. Whatever. And then the brother who shows up with my girlfriend on the back, safe and sound, and she's got that like thousand yard stare. And he explains to us that we really fucked the dog on that one because it's a national holiday in Vietnam and like service is suspended. So what he's done is he's called a mate who called a mate who bribed a guy to find out where this bus was, then went and chased it down, forced it off the road, and then bribed the driver to get us on the last bus back into Saigon. And I was like, I'm such a prick for ever having doubted you. I am such a prick, and he, you know, he was like looking a bit tense, and he's like, you know, in his head, he must have been like, nah, I can do this. I'm gonna get these guys back into town. I can do this. So yeah, go with your gut. If your gut doesn't tell you this is a bad idea, I don't know. I make no promises though. There's no guarantees to that. If you get into trouble, you're on your own. Wow. That's, that's dedication, man. Like, imagine having like a brain to think of something like that. It's like, what we're gonna do? <laughs> um, but that's the person you want on your side when you wanna get somewhere. And you were saying like, you're on the back of, your, back of his bike and you were like trusting him. I was thinking, you've really got a choice. It's like, you've got to trust him now. <laughs> He's like, literally got your life in his hands. Um, but yeah, what an amazing story. Thank you for telling it. I, so occasionally, I think I'm being clever when I'm like catching another bus to catch up another bus. I think, oh yeah, I'm so clever. <laughs> um, but that's like next level catching up buses. That's great. Uh, thank you very much for the story. Um, oh, you guys are so good. <laughs> Look at them. It's like saving me. I was gonna have to try and use my brain. 
And that is the end of our show for today. We hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to tune in next week for more true stories told live on stage. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at speakeasystoryslam at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook where you can get more news about the slam, but also see photos from the event. Um, Also, if you'd like to tell us a story in person, then please come join us for our live events. They are every third Sunday of the month at the Wardrobe Theatre in Bristol, UK. We can't wait to see you. So from everyone here at Story Slam, have a great week.